Podcast Tax Moves with Glenn Birnbaum. This edition of the Moving Iron Podcast is brought to you by Dawson Tire and Wheel, your premier ag tire and wheel provider in North America, helping people grow. Glenn, it's been a little bit, man. How you been? Hey, Casey, pretty good. Uh, yeah, we're definitely in the throes of, of our busy time here, but um, yeah, that's that's what we do. Yeah. So, you know, so how's how's be needed? How's winter been out there? Have you guys gotten tons of snow and cold air and all that you fun know, stuff? been actually fairly mild we've had a couple snows but not not really too bad so yeah it's, i think pushing 60 maybe in about a week or so here so yep so so glenn is a cpa with heinel banhort and he is in east peoria illinois and you know there's all kinds of stuff going on there. like you said it's the it's the busy time of your year this is the uh uh you're you're right there on the April fifteenth, not that far away. But there's a few other things that are going on right now that are coming up here pretty quick. So March second is a pretty important date for the uh, for the farm community. So talk about that a little bit, Glenn. Yep. So Monday, March second, is the deadline uh, for farmers to file their tax returns. If and this is a big if, if they haven't made any quarterly tax estimates during the year, or they didn't make a January fifteenth. Uh, estimate. So farmers have a little special rule. They get caught on a break. So if you don't, you know, know what your income is going to be, you don't have to make any quarterly estimates, but you now just have to file by March 1st or this year it's March 2nd. Uh, it, Casey is getting more and more difficult to be able to file by March 1st um, just because, you know, there's other maybe K1s you're waiting on or investment 1099s and that. So fewer and fewer of our farmers are filing by March 1st, but we do, we do still have some um, and so, yeah, that, that's a big deadline. That's really the first deadline we have. We have our March 1st farmer deadline. And then right after that, we have our March 15th deadline for partnerships and S corporations. And then we have our April 15th deadline for individuals and C corporations. So March 1st is the first deadline we kind of celebrate, you know, hey, we got, we got through it. But le- again, less and less farmers are actually followed by March 1st, um, just because it's sometimes impossible to get the information or we're waiting on guidance from the and certain forms aren't finalized, you know, and, and we're unable to e-file. So that yeah. throws one to it. So something else you brought up before and kind of on that waiting on the IRS thing, you know, uh, you talked about some retroactive tax laws that were going back um, going back to 2018 and stuff like that that have that have mm-hmm. uh, come into to law here of, of late. So talk about that a little bit, what's going on there. Yeah, I don't know that we've talked about it, um, you know, but they did pass in December of uh, 2019 um, some some uh, retroactive kind of extender <laughs> extender bill it's sometimes called um, and so one of the most of these would be maybe more on the individual side there's some energy tax credits or one of the one thing is mortgage insurance premiums right if, you know enough of a down payment right you've got to pay you know a little extra right in your monthly mortgage well like in 2017 that was deductible okay. 2018, it was not deductible when tax reform came out, okay? So now in December of 2019, they passed a law that retroactively says now, this is just one example, you know, mortgage insurance premiums are deductible, okay? So what that means for the IRS is they have to go back in and change, you know, 
reissue guidance for 2018, right? Like update the forms, update the instructions. And so, you know, in the last couple of months, and particularly in the last month here, you know, they've been working on changing the guidance, updating the guidance, not for 2019, which, you know, we're still, we're still waiting on some guidance there, but for 2018. One of the more common ones, uh, or at least it's certainly gotten some press, is um, it's called the unearned. It's really, it's called the, called the kitty tax, really, is what, what it's generally referred to as. And it's for if, if your children or somebody under age 17 has a lot of interest in dividend income, unearned income, what tax rate is that? Do you pay on that? Well, if you're really kind of smart, you'd say, well, we'll just use the kids' tax brackets, right? And they, they don't have any other income. So it's a way to like give them money, right? And then the earnings that that makes gets taxed at a lower tax rate, right? A much lower tax rate because they, you know, well, many years ago, they changed that and said, no, you, you've got to use like the parents' tax rate. So you just stack it on top of the parents' tax rate, okay? So one of the interesting things there is, well, then you can't do the kids' return ahead of time because you don't know. Maybe maybe the parents' return you haven't finalized yet, right? So so as a part of tax reform, they said, okay, we're going to make this simpler, I guess, and we'll just use, like, trust tax rates, which are a whole other set of ball of wax. But the bottom line is it's a lot higher tax rate, and it goes up a lot quicker. Well, then there was press about if you you know gold star families or you know these trust funds that people have been set up, and the bottom line is now that's not fair because you know we're paying too much tax for some of these some of these children um, that like lost their parents basically or you know in military service. So in December of nineteen, they fixed this and say we'll let you optionally either use the parents' rate or use trust rates. And so again, the IRS has to come out with guidance and you know put in procedures for how to do this. Right. And so it's just, they, they've had a lot on their plate with tax reform, but, but now they've got even more with this uh, retroactive bill that was passed uh, just last December. Yep. There's a, always something changing that I can't, I mean, these politicians want to make things uh, go back yeah. and give people credit for those kind of things. So they get, keep getting reelected. Yep. But it's, uh, so, yeah, kind of, it's not the IRS's fault, right? If Congress yeah. passed, some, you know, in December of, of a year, they, they've got to deal with it. And this was pretty common, as you remember, Casey, we talked about before we got on air, you know, with depreciation rules, bonus depreciation, or Section 179. Right? We, we would come to December and not actually know what the depreciation rules were. And then Congress would pass something. And then, you know, that doesn't really spur a lot of investment, right? If for 11 and a half months out of the year, we didn't really know what the rule was. But so we had to deal with that quite a few years. Uh, last couple, we haven't had to deal with it. Um, from a business standpoint, but still some of these extra side credits, tax credits and things were retroactively done back to 18. So there will be a fair amount of people amending 2018 tax returns to to possibly uh, you know take advantage of some of these things. Right on. All right, so another thing you brought up, and we've talked about this before in the podcast, but there's been some with, with uh, 199 uh, a grain glitch and all the different things we have coming up there, how you deal with partnerships and all this kind of stuff. A lot of these software companies have not been able to uh, actually finalize or, or quote-unquote guarantee what that, that their form is 100% correct. So yeah. you, you brought up one here that you were talking about selling stuff to uh, to a co-op if you have a loss. So talk about yeah. that a little bit. Yep. So yeah, we talked about this last time, but let's, for a quick little recap, you know, if, if you sell to a co-op, just for easy math, you know, you make a hundred thousand dollars because you know, 
I can't do math any any better than this, Casey, this, this time of year. So, you know, $100,000 income on the farm. And normally you say, hey, I get a 20% deduction. So that's a $20,000 deduction, and I only pay tax on $80,000. That's kind of the general rule. Well, but if you sell to a co-op, that $20,000 deduction might get cut by 9% down to 11%, right? And so you work through the mechanics of that, and the form you know, would, would walk through that and say, okay, instead of a $20,000 deduction, you only get an $11,000 Okay, well, what if your farm lost money, negative $100,000, right? If you work through the math, and we won't get into it, but the bottom line is you could possibly end up getting a, an extra $9,000 deduction, the way the mechanics works, because it's negative, and a negative is always less than zero, and kind of a weird thing. And so the software companies were not sure how to do this. And they thought the IRS is going to be coming out with guidance. Again, I think we talked about this two weeks ago. Yep. You do. And so some software companies, you know, were like, okay, we'll just, you know, we can, we'll let you e-file, you figure it out. Other software companies said, no, we'll wait till the IRS instructions come out. And they waited and they waited. And so as a result, you know, tax preparers that were using this one type of software were unable to file any farmer return. And so as of about a week, week ago, um, there were no returns being filed if you're using this software, which is pretty popular software. Luckily we weren't, we aren't, we aren't using this software, but they finally relented and said, and they were like, okay, we will update this uh, on like March 5th or something, you know, cause you put like the release notes in there. Well, people are like, well, March 5th isn't going to help us. Right. Cause the deadline's March 2nd. So right. they finally, relented and said, well, we'll just let, you know, we don't, we still don't know what the answer is, but you know, whether it's zero or negative or positive, but, but at least now, so in this last week, there's been a ton of farmer returns actually submitted because the, the other alternative would have been, okay, you just have to paper file this, you know, so, so instead of electronic filing, which the IRS really doesn't like you to do, you know, you got to print out the return, sign it, get it in the mail, you know, so it, it was really a big problem. And luckily, there was enough kind of backlash finally that some of these software companies gave in. But so anyway, a lot of a lot of buttons have been pushed this last week on farmer returns. I can guarantee you that because up until last week, almost none had been filed. So yeah, kind of crazy. That's kind of nuts that there's that just that one little hang up in there that stops yeah. you from filing your whole your whole entire uh, return there. Yeah. But, um, so what else? What else is on your mind, Glenn? You know, we're still waiting on some guidance. Um, we've been talking about this a little bit. You know, the interest expense limitation rules have been out there. I think since February 7th, they've, we know they're under review. And so we're hoping we'll get some, some news on that so we can file, uh, in particular, some other type of real estate returns or, or returns that have a lot of interest on them. Um, and there's some new, other new guidance regarding net operating losses and, um, carried interest in things that should be coming out. But I guess the big thing on partnerships is they, they finally gave us some clarity on how to, how to do some things. It's, it's kind of in the weeds a little bit. Uh, we've talked about it a little bit, but they kind of backed off the last fall on a pretty big thing that was going to make for a lot of work on partnerships. And then actually backed off here about two weeks ago on a, on a reconciliation that we don't have to do. So, Basically, most, and as we've talked about, Casey, you know, a lot of new entities that get set up are LLCs or partnerships. You know, we've talked about the benefits of one entity over another, but almost a lot of our new entities um, are partnerships. And so 
people are feeling pretty good that there's not quite these rules on partnerships that we thought we'd have to deal with because now the IRS is really wanting to audit partnerships more and more. So they've had to provide new disclosures and things that we have to fill out. But so everyone's still pretty good for 2019 tax year, but, but we're expecting that. And we've heard through the IRS and some different channels that the IRS is going to be making partnerships a lot more challenging to prepare for year 2020. They wanted to do it for 2019, but they, you know, they waited too long for the guidance, probably because they were busy, right, doing other things. And so, so we're feeling pretty good that 19 will be kind of the same as last year for partnerships. But for 2020, we expect there to be more, more challenges, more disclosures. And so, you know, probably uh, there'll be some, some more complexity if you have a partnership. And what's the thought process behind making the partnership yeah. so much harder? Well, it's a good question. Um, you know, I, what, what, a few years ago, they, they started putting in some procedures and processes for how to audit a partnership because, and I, you know, I'm not, I'm not an attorney, but legally, you know, a partnership is a collection of individuals. And if you audit the partnership, you know, do you end up auditing each individual person? And, it, and it's just different than auditing like a corporation, you know, where you kind of have one, one person to deal with. So, so that, but there's been so many new partnerships set up in the last 10 years that they know they've got to have a way to audit partnerships more than they do. And so they've put in some rules and some procedures for what happens if, if there's an issue, you know, does the partnership just pay the extra tax and then they go after the partners and get the money back, right? What if partners left? What if new partners join? So there's just a lot of complexity about how do we actually like true this up in a sense? Because a partnership doesn't actually pay taxes at the at the entity level, and so it's it's been a lot of work in the last couple of years. And so basically, people are on notice that hey, if you got a partnership return, there's a much greater chance of being audited than there ever used to be. And so there's just a lot more disclosures that we're having to fill out on the return to kind of help the IRS, I guess you know, figure out where, where maybe the higher risk returns are that they maybe should focus on. Right. That makes sense, I guess. Some of those guys can be yeah. using that as a tax shelter or something, I guess, so they could yeah, tell you. do so. those kind of things. That makes sense. That makes sense. All right, Glenn, well, good stuff. Anything else you want to throw in there before you shut this thing down? No, I think that's good. Okay. Say, I hope everyone gets, gets a reminder of their deadlines, and but uh, but it's April 15th. It's really not that far away, so yeah. that's the old deadline, so... Good deal. Well, Glenn, if folks want to reach out to you and get some uh, get some help or guidance and something that they're working on, what's the best way to do that? You know, it's best to reach out to me at Heinel Banner just through our phone here, 309-694-4251. I'd be happy to talk to anyone who might have a question. Uh, alternatively, you can always look me up on Twitter, at Glenn Birnbaum is my handle. Right on. Well, I'm Casey Seymour with Moving Iron Podcast. Make sure to check out my social media at uh, movingironllc.com. Also, if you're uh, out there on any of the, any of the uh, podcast platforms where you can find this, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever it might be, uh, feel free to leave a, leave a review about what's going on here. If you like what you see, it sure helped me out if you could leave a review about uh, what, you, what you think about the podcast here. Also, uh, check out movingironllc.com for all the latest news uh, about Moving Iron that's uh, out there and um, make sure you check out the Global Ag Network and the great uh, podcasters out there like uh, the folks over there at the Dryland Farmer Podcast so until next time I'm Casey Seymour with Glenn Birnbaum let's go move some iron folks out Moving iron.
Fantasy 